it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here. Carly Shimkus at the bottom of the hour, but most of all, your calls, 1-866-408-7669. We have a lot to discuss today, so uh, including we're just watching now Hunter Biden walk into court. Why would Hunter Biden walk into court? Because uh, a defamation suit by Johnny Paul Mac Isaac. He owns the repair shop that he left the laptop there, and he feel he was defamed by Hunter Biden and his team. They countersued. Uh, I like John Paul uh, Mac Isaac finally getting some justice. What about you? Uh, and by the way, what arrogance on Hunter Biden. Uh, drug addict got it. Uh, Lugs hookers is daring everybody to look into his background and get him in trouble. He doesn't feel as though he'll ever be in trouble. And I think he is so mistaken. But the arrogance is unmistakable. The saunter's got to go. Let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. Danny won't be the only one on trial. The right and duty to defend one another will be on trial too. So our legal team at Razor and Kniff, ready to fight for Danny and for every New Yorker's right and duty to defend each other when faced with grave harm. Yeah, Steve Razor just in the green room on Fox and Friends 2. One for two. New York gets one thing right in not charging Jordan Williams after his fatal subway stabbing encounter. He was listed as truly self-defense. Equally innocent Danny Danny Penny will have to fight for his freedom after saving passengers from a career criminal. We outline the cases. Number two. You guys granted, I didn't. I never call the Bidenomics. I don't go around beating my chest Bidenomics. So the press started calling it by now. What's wrong with him? 2024 polls are out and Trump is up. We bring you out to the trail as the GOP field fans out desperate for some mo. as President Biden decides to run on the economy. Bidenomics. But no one told him. Good luck with that. Number one. The crux of one of the issues here is that we weren't allowed to ask about the big guy. We weren't allowed to include uh, uh, certain names and document requests and search warrants. So... You know, we were precluded from following that line of questioning. Just as we thought, why does it take five years to investigate Hunter Biden and the Biden family? Because they weren't allowed to investigate. That, according to Gary Shapley, he is a whistleblower, IRS investigator, heating up. The whistleblower goes public, and it becomes clearer by the day that the Hunter investigation was a sham. Americans are no longer ignoring Hunter's links to his dad either. What we are learning, where the investigation is going, and why we should all care. So Gary Shapley just put his career on the line. So, you know, I can't believe I'm doing this and trying to follow the line that Hunter Biden for the last six years, which stumbled into this investigation, has not paid taxes. And every time I go to find out how much he actually owes, it gets bigger because he's doing deals with Romania, getting paid by Burisma, going to Ukraine and, of course, China and, and, and Kazakhstan. And as they follow, they're, yeah, back off. Yeah, go follow Hunter, but don't, don't link to the rest of the family. Really? Don't link to the rest of the family. Family's benefiting from this. He's flying with his dad. I got. They got to benefit the rest of the family. Well, they just don't want you to. You mean you don't want you to? Okay. David Weiss is in charge. David Weiss was is, is the attorney. He was put there by uh, Donald Trump. So he started the investigation, and then he's allowed to finish it. So they'll get some justice. Wrong. Wrong. David Weiss says, "Yeah, I'm in full control." 
And it turns out he's not. He announces to a table of 12 people, you know, I'm not the decider here. Not the decider. You're David Weiss. You're going to decide how much he owes, how much he should be prosecuted, if or how much he should be charged. No, I'm not. So Gary Shapley's watching this and says, uh, what do you mean you're not? I'm doing an investigation. I'm handing it over to you. He goes, yeah, but I'm not going to decide. Merrick Garland calls a press conference last week and says, David Weiss has total control. David Weiss puts out a letter. He has total control. But behind the scenes, he has no control. Here's Gary Shapley. Cut one. Every taxpayer deserves to be treated fairly. And, you know, it was my oath of office to, to, to make sure that that happens. And, uh, um, you know, we wouldn't meet our mission as an agency with IRS criminal investigation. And we'd really lose the trust of, of, of the people of the United States if we didn't ensure that everyone was treated fairly. In my past, I've, uh, I've voted for, for both D's and R's. And, you know, politics are irrelevant when, I, when I'm conducting my job. They were told, you're not going to look into the dad, now the president, the so-called big guy. A wife said he was rejected trying to bring the case uh, to D.C. and Los Angeles. And when Gary Shapley heard this, he memorialized it, he emailed it, and he sent it out. This whole conversation, he was so amazed by it. He said, what, what do you mean you can't do this? So he, everybody in the room, which included FBI agents, he emailed it out and said, this is what I see. These are the minutes of the meeting. Is this how you remember it? And they said, you got it. You remember it. That's the way it is. So he's got additional people. They might not want to put their career in the line like Shapley did, but they saying this is a sham. Now, you guys all knew that. Even uh, Joe Biden fans, the three of them that are left, knew that this wasn't a real five-year investigation into a crack addict with hookers, a laptop that reveals everything. You knew if there was a real investigation, it would have been bigger and would have revealed the direct links to other members of his family. And we don't know what talent they brought to the table except for influence that the dad got over the course of 40 years. We have Hunter Biden linked accounts receiving $5 million day after a threatening WhatsApp message that investigators were able to get from Apple when they put a subpoena on Apple. It says, we're doing an investigation. you got to give it to us. He goes, okay, here's, your, here's the WhatsApp text messages. And they basically threatened the Chinese official in the WhatsApp text message. Cut to. I was there, and I witnessed this personally. And he started with, he's not the deciding person on whether or not charges are filed or not. If you follow the path of where the venue leads you, they went to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office in March of 2022. And they presented this case to them. Uh, at the same time of that, same time as that was occurring, they requested discovery from the agents, which is a typical step when they're getting ready to charge. Now, I wasn't in those meetings. I asked to be in those meetings, as did the case agent. So we didn't help present to them. But after that occurred, he was no longer looking to charge in that district. How maddening is that? And this guy cares enough to say, I, I need. Go ahead. You watch those interviews on CBS and on Fox. And you tell me that you got a problem with Shapley. Good luck with that. He's unbelievably credible. And, you know, an IRS investigator is not the most popular people in the world. Do you remember that? You ever been audited? They're pretty aggressive. So we're usually on the other side. He can't believe that he was only told to pay taxes on $1.5 million. This guy says it's more like $7 million. Comer just told us $20 million, And it could be as much as $40 million as they look at five more banks. That's a lot of taxes. Meanwhile, do you can picture this? Can you imagine owing taxes and having somebody else pay your tax bill? He goes, yeah, Hunter never paid us. It was somebody else that paid us. Why do they need to know? Because you need to know where your money's going. You just can't pay somebody's tax bill. Then where's your $100,000 going? Miscellaneous? It's not going to work.
So remember, Shapley said they could not, that David Weiss told them, I could not bring this to criminal, uh, to, to trial in D.C. or Los Angeles. And he didn't have control. When Merrick Garland heard this, this is what he said on Friday. Cut three. Mr. Weiss was appointed by President Trump as the U.S. attorney in Delaware and assigned this matter during the previous administration, would be permitted to continue his investigation and to make a decision to prosecute any way in which he wanted to. Can you explain the rationale for not appointing special counsel in this case? Mr. Weiss had, in fact, more authority than a special counsel would have. He has complete, he he had and has complete authority, as I said, to bring a case anywhere he wants in his discretion. Okay. He doesn't. So I need Merrick Garland. Either he was lied to by people beneath him, or he is just flat out, no one will ever question my integrity. President Trump, Biden will never fire me, so I'll call a press conference. Anything to keep Donald Trump out of office. Is that the goal? That seems to be the goal. So... You get the play-by-play of this whole situation. What I want to do is be able to arm you. I know many of you are going to have barbecues, meet family, and they're going to start discussing this. I just want you to feel that you could discuss this case because there were complicated cases. The Whitewater thing, it's hard to wrap your head around. The Libya investigation sometimes could be a little bit confusing, Benghazi and everything. But this is not because it's laid out so clearly. And so the Bidens just feel they're going to get away with everything. I mean, listen, did you see yesterday... When it looked like the president was caught by surprise when somebody brought up this whole story with Hunter and getting a a sweet-ass deal. Cut 11. President Biden, how involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? No, I wasn't. Were you? No. See how angry he is? Well, then Hunter Biden's a liar because in the text message he says, my dad is sitting right next to me. And they did do it. They did a GPS on where he was located when he sent out the WhatsApp text, and he was at the dad's house. We don't know if his father was there. I don't know if that's gettable. They can ask the president under oath. Hey, by the way, were you sitting next to your son when he threatened this Chinese executive with direct links to the Chinese party? Hmm. Don't know. Don't know if that came up. Here's more from Shapley. Cut four. I didn't learn that fact until October 7th of 2022. So looking back to March of 2022. And that's when David Weiss, in October 7th, 2022, said that the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office had dec- will not allow us to charge there. And then he added that he would request special con- he requested special counsel authority and was denied. In that meeting, I even had him repeat that because I knew how important that fact was and I wanted to make sure I understood it. Hmm. So it's just... Can you imagine this? I mean, to me, it was very, very smart of James Comer not to go for the tax records of the Bidens. Instead, go for tax records of the transactions, as you know of them. Go with the suspicious uh, investigators, suspicious uh, account activity reports. Go, go for them and find out what's behind it. And then you'll find out about the shell companies. Find out where the money came in and where the money came out. So in terms of Believing Gary Shapley or not, the IRS investigator, this is the best he could do. And I think it's pretty good because you don't know if anybody else wants to be a whistleblower. Because, look, your family, you could, it's your livelihood. You put 14 years in and you're trying to get to 20. You're trying to get a pension and you see something, you speak up and they go, yeah, we're going to get rid of you. Uh, we don't really want you around. 
And there are I, there are whistleblower protections, but evidently it's not that easy. Cut five. I documented it. The email, this is an exhibit in the House Ways and Means Committee testimony, was when I returned home that evening. I documented it in, in an email, and, it, and it's an exhibit. You can look right on there. And I sent that email to two senior executives, one of which was at that meeting, and I said, is this accurate reflection of what occurred during the meeting? And the response was, you covered it all. So there are other things in that uh, uh, email to include that he needed to go to California, <laughs> and he had gone to California to request a charge there. And then he even opines that if they declined to allow charges, that he would have to request special counsel authority from the deputy attorney general or attorney general. Here we go. Uh, game on. Hunter's linked accounts received $5 million days after the threatening text messages. They didn't even pay his own fine uh, with the court case that was handed, with the decision, the plea bargain that was handed down, which will be confirmed or rejected in a couple of weeks uh, in July. Uh, he says the IRS wanted a search warrant for Hunter's storage locker. And the assistant there, this woman, Leslie Wolf, said, yeah, you're not allowed to go in there. There's probably going to be evidence in there, and they just don't want you in there. Can you believe this? It's like a bad after-school special. Says investigators weren't allowed to ask questions about the President Biden or include certain names during the Hunter Biden probe. And it drove him nuts. And that's why he did what he did coming forward. He looks credible. Good luck with it. Yeah, you just go out tell me that Chapley's lying because he loves Trump. Doesn't look like a Trump lover, believe me. He might vote for Trump. I, I would highly doubt it. But when you do this for a living for 14 years, you take great pride in doing it. And for the first time in your career, you're stopped from doing a legitimate investigation. And it actually affects national security and foreign policy. I think it's time to speak up. The president's going to be speaking today on another network in the afternoon. Very curious how many of these questions he's going to get. Because on MSNBC, last time he was on there, they say Hunter Biden's investigation, even though nothing is at all linked to you. Excuse me? It is all linked to you. one 408 Line up to calls. Uh, when we get back, I'll take some of them. Bottom of the hour, we'll expand on this. Also talk about the tragedy in New York as Danny Penny gets charged for the takedown of that would-be attacker on a subway because he ended up dying. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. So much to go over. So glad you're here. Politics, current events, and news that affects you. Brian's got a lot more to say. Stay with Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. 
I think the key here is that we are well past the threshold for oversight investigations and the possibility of impeachable offenses. You can't deny that. There are false statements here that have to be explored. And so oversight committees have every right to delve into these issues, and I think courts will support them. At this point, the power of Congress to investigate this matter is at its apex. There are criminal and potentially impeachable matters uh, involved, and they can move this aggressively and quickly, in my view. All right, uh, here we go. That is Jonathan Turley talking about the possibility of really moving forward and blowing up this plea deal which is really laughing in our face. And we just watched Hunter Biden walk in to his defamation suit by Johnny Paul Mock Isaac. It's, they've countersued each other. But just to have Hunter Biden sit there and say what he said to ABC News, I don't know if it's my laptop. I really don't remember. I have a little bit of a problem. Oh, yeah, on there is a whole bunch of lured photos. Maybe this will remind you of you. Is there any way it won't be your laptop? Is this really an exchange with your email? So this is an opportunity to do more than just that. So a lot of you are writing me, and I appreciate it. Wayne writes this. Uh, you mentioned this morning that Hunter Biden claimed the Burisma payment was a loan. Should do some research to determine if the loans were forgiven. If so, money would become taxable income. I actually didn't mention it was a loan. He was getting paid by Burisma. But I appreciate that, and I did not know that that was a tax law. Brian, on the IRS, the IRS came after us for $300 for 12 years. I have letters to prove it. They finally took an incentive check we were supposed to get. We never owed the money, so I fought it. They finally just stole it from me. I don't know if, if that's true, how much is true. I'm going by everybody's word, and, my, and our listeners are the best. But that is the IRS. That's the way they operate. That's why I'm just so horrified that we are paying for 87,000 new IRS agents. As much as I salute Gary Shapley, seems like a great guy, but he also seems pretty relentless. But my hope is they're just going for honesty and truth. They're not just going to screw you, which they can do, especially as people's taxes get a little bit complicated. Eileen O'Connor was on primetime last night. She's a lawyer and former head of the DOJ tax division. I think her I. Her, uh, her insight is, is essential. Cut 15. I read Special Agent Shapley's testimony. When I got to page 95, my jaw dropped. That's where the testimony specifies that as early as June 2021, the prosecution team understood that because crimes must be prosecuted in the district where they occur, Attorney General Garland's failure to make U.S. Attorney Weiss a special counsel guaranteed that Hunter Biden would not be prosecuted for his tax crimes. Interesting. I mean, we, we don't usually get this deep in our lives because we're not trying to use our family's influence to get loans and do high wire international business deals with other nations, especially enemy nations. But it's fascinating how much they felt they could get away with. And if they didn't get that majority in the House, they would have. But I and everyone's so down and then no one ever pays right. I think they're going to pay the price. Mr. Weiss was appointed by President Trump as the U.S. attorney in Delaware and assigned this matter during the previous administration would be permitted to continue his investigation. Information you want. 
truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Well, I just think it's ironic because the media went all in on this is Russian disinformation for so long. There are still Democrats in Congress. If they only get their news from MSNBC, they really still don't know that the laptop is Hunter Biden's. Uh, they still think that it was compromised somehow. So the fact that the Bidens have denied that this was his laptop for so long, and now they're going to have to admit it in court today, I think is very ironic. Right. And that's what's going to happen because the defamation lawsuit, the Johnny Paul, Mac, Isaac, four names, one man, one cap, uh, will demanding is demanding that this guy stop. And they countersued and said, you should never have let the laptop out, which, by the way, we're not saying is it is or not. Koa Shimkus is here. She says she's here. Uh, co-host of Fox and Friends first. Hi, Carly. Oh, I'm here. You are here. In the flesh. There are very few funny things about this uh, Hunter Biden situation, but your cap joke was funny. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. Johnny Paul Mac Isaac walked into the FBI and said, listen, this guy has uh, Hunter Biden. This stuff is pretty bad. He wanted me to download this laptop, but I, I got to tell you, there's crimes on here. Yeah. Check it out. And the FBI basically treated him like a criminal. <sighs> Everything is so backwards when it comes to this situation. And the thing that I find very interesting is that Hunter Biden is still suing John Paul Mac Isaac. (laughs) Um, How could you be suing somebody when his latest uh, statement on the laptop is he's not sure it's his? (laughs) So it's like you're suing him because he has a laptop that you still aren't saying definitively is yours? So what's interesting is I heard that the White House is not happy with Hunter's legal team because they're too aggressive and that's an example do you really want to do this really you heard that yeah i heard that wow that's interesting so uh, that is interesting it's very rare when carly says i'm interesting so i'm going to hold on to this (laughs) moment give me a second okay i'm back now. i think you're interesting and i do have to say uh what day was it when i thought your outfit was fabulous right not today well it's good today but Mm. yesterday was standout i don't don't remember what i was wearing it was that teal tie oh it's just everything like you look do you remember if i look up he's not even there Where'd he go? I don't know. I don't think he likes you. I think, he said, I think he said, I'll book her, but I'm not going to stay just, in the control I, room. Yep, that's right. Well, I, I know there was a massive booking war for me in this in this moment. So there you is. guys won. <laughs> uh, here, here's more from James Comer. Cut nine. This is a cover-up of public corruption at the highest levels. And if you go back to when we brought the general counsel for the National Archives in, for a transcribed interview in the House Oversight Committee, they said the DOJ told them to stand down. Uh, We have FBI whistleblowers that Senator Grassley and I have worked with that said they were told to stand down on this investigation of Biden bribery. Now you have two very credible IRS whistleblowers who have said the same thing. They started finding those shell companies that we've disclosed in in the House Oversight Committee, and I think they were on number five or number six out of 19, and they were told to stand down. I thought that the interview uh, yesterday with Gary Shapley was very interesting. And uh, the fact that Hunter Biden got the plea deal gives merit to everything he's saying, because it's clear that he was given special treatment. That's one part of the story. But I think the major story is obviously all that he was not allowed to investigate. The the laptop didn't come into wasn't allowed to be investigated. The WhatsApp messages that now we know came from. Apple themselves through yeah. an electronic uh, subpoena, uh, electronic, uh, oh, yeah, uh, that was not allowed to be investigated. And then also, if you remember all that's going on with this FBI 1023 form, 
where there's this allegation of bribery, and that's the big what could p- possibly be the smoking gun. Yeah. Uh, that was sent to Delaware, but investigators weren't allowed to use that either. It's so crazy. I know it's absolutely nuts. It's like all of this information where there's there's clearly something that happened here and investigators are being blocked. The interesting part is that we know all of this and yes. it, they're still being blocked. From uh, I know, it. but I did when I when you weren't on yet. Because uh, you guys used to be on at four in the morning, but evidently you just don't want to get up that early. We have to set the alarms back. It right. Was, yes, yes, this was our idea. Yeah, it was your idea. <laughs> but you're on at five, so I was switching another channel, and I go, wait a second. I thought I was on CNN, and I was. Yeah. And it was about 35 after. This is a lead story. They put it 35 minutes into their show. Mm-hmm. They did a pretty thorough look at what the that – ex- is, That is very interesting, and you do have to wonder why. That's it's, happening you, now. You know why? Is it because it's just getting too big or is so. it because it's political? I don't know if it's necessarily political. Mm-hmm. I think there's just too much there. I think, yeah. I mean, it's not as if they go and have a, a, a town hall afterwards yeah. and said, tell me what you think of Hunter Biden. They don't even have an interview after. They toss a reporter who does it. Got it. it. Where yeah. we would have it. And there was just a study done by the Media Research Agency that so 50% of the country does not know essential details of the Hunter Biden investigation. Of course not. It's also – con- there's work- so much there. I think that sometimes these complicated stories, you get lost in the weeds if you're if, – you know, it's not one that you could just easily pick up. Um, do you – two points to this story that I find interesting that I don't think are getting enough attention are that it looks like Hunter Biden just straight up didn't pay his taxes in 2014 and 2015 and got away with it because the statute – of limitations was over. And those are the years that he was taking money from China and Burisma. So I wonder why they let the statute of limitations uh, go on those. And then the Chinese company that he was taking money from, their whole goal was to expand China's reach and influence around the world. This is the president of the United States' son. So if you care about the China issue, you should really care about that part too. And then the other thing, um, the Wall Street Journal, their editorial board points out that Uh, President Biden is talking about the economy a lot right now, the Bidenomics. And one of his main messages is that the rich need to pay their fair share in taxes. And Uh, then look at what just happened with his son and getting away with not paying any at all. Two things. He's got to take the guns out of his speech. He's got to take the tax out of his speech Mm -hmm. Uh, or else there. And he has no integrity at all. He's got to say, listen, I can't do this. You know, my son didn't pay anything, even if it's as it appears. One point five million to pay one hundred thousand. Are you freaking crazy? Also, the write-offs with the sex clubs and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So, so stop blaming billionaires. Don't be Bernie Sanders like he keeps saying. The, you could know, you imagine trying to write that off on your taxes? Right. It's just unbelievable. But like, By the way, do you, do you think he does his own taxes? Did anyone else – did you use TurboTax? You do it yourself. But did, does he have an accounting firm? I don't know. I wondered that too. And then uh, Gary Shapley yesterday to Brett Baer said that um, his business – Hunter Biden's business associate told him that he needs to refile his taxes because something went wrong and Hunter Biden never did. I mean maybe he could have asked somebody else to do it. But man. Here's Eileen O'Connor. And she is the former head of the DOJ tax division, cut 16. Because every U.S. attorney is in charge of the law enforcement in his district. Since 2014 and 2015 had to be charged in the District of Columbia and the later years had to be charged in Los Angeles, U.S. Attorney Weiss is in Delaware. It was clear that without special counsel authority, U.S. Attorney Weiss was not going to be able to charge Hunter Biden's tax crimes. Yeah. That was the big revelation also yesterday because the New York Times said that they confirmed those details that uh, Weiss was trying to pursue charges in these two areas because those are where the crimes took place. 
in both Washington, D.C. said, nope, we're not going to we're not going to pick up this case. And Los Angeles said no as well. So that's when David Weiss said, you know what, maybe according to mm-hmm. this whistleblower, I need special counsel status because that gives him, uh, you know, broader reach What'd to do say, whatever Carly? he wants. And apparently he was turned down. Twice. Now, Mayor Garland is saying none of that happened. And David Weiss himself released a statement and said that I did have ultimate authority. But if you listen to this whistleblower, he said behind closed doors that he was not happy with the way this case was going. And he felt like he was getting, you know, getting the runaround. No, he was. Here's Mayor Garland. Cut three. Uh, Mr. Weiss was appointed by President Trump as the U.S. attorney in Delaware and assigned this matter during the previous administration would be permitted to continue his investigation and to make a decision to prosecute any way in which he wanted to. Can you explain the rationale for not appointing a special counsel in this case? Mr. Weiss had, in fact, more authority than a special counsel would have had. <laughs> he, has complete, he, has, he had and has complete authority, as I said, to bring a case anywhere he wants in his discretion. Yeah, sure. Not true. So, this is, in a way sort of reminds me of covering like where COVID came from because it like so clearly came from the lab and right. yet you weren't allowed to say it. And the evidence is all there. Same thing with this. And obviously Hunter Biden was getting getting a favor. He got the plea deal. How about this? There's a storage container. Nobody's there. It's storage. It's storage. So we need to go in. Can't go in. Can't yeah. go in. Oh, too close to the election. Not going. You're not allowed to go in. By that time, it's all cleaned out. Everyone's tipped off. And they said, you know, we had certain people we were targeting to talk to him about to try to find out, unwind how much money was exchanged and what the what the the goods were. You know, what what is what did you actually do to get this money? And the only person who answered was Rob Walker. Nine other people were swinging a miss yeah. because they were all tipped off that they were going to be pursued. Yeah, and when it comes to the storage container, uh, that was very interesting because uh, Shapley said that prosecutors actually initially gave them the go ahead. Yes, there is enough evidence here that you can search the storage unit, and then it got closer to the election. And then they changed their mind. And then ultimately what happened was that prosecutors ended up telling Hunter Biden's legal team this search is going to happen. So what do you think? What do you think is going to go down? I mean, are you going to move the documents? So, Carly, I I mean, I think there's a reasonable suggestion. There's a theory out there that all this stuff happened because people just did not Republican problem, a Trump problem. Nobody thought that Trump should be in office again. So they'll do anything to keep Trump out. I believe now it's pretty obvious that they'll do anything to keep the nominee, uh, whether it's Trump or anybody else, in 2028, I think we're going to have similar issues. Yeah, I don't know. Unless we can straighten this out. It could be that. I also just think that if you are a Democrat and you are in a high power position, I think a lot of people feel this way, you can get away with whatever you want. You're just in a protected class. I guess so. Uh, when we come back, we're going to find out if Carly needs to know more. Do. You always do, right? Let's learn. All right, back in a moment. Listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. I just wanted to weigh in on this RFK video of him doing push-ups. Men's, what is he, 70? Dude, if I can do nine push-ups... When I'm 70, I'll be very disappointed. I don't think it's very many. Biden came out and said, hey, man, you know, I do I do one to two pull-ups, you know, if I'm at a dinner where the bathroom's really far away. That way I don't have to get up and all the way. RFK is a dope uh, morning routine, though, man. He does the push-ups. He does calisthenics. 
Biden has a morning routine that consists of uh, one set of where am I's. And uh, then he does that. He does that stare thing. You know, he just looks at the wall and tries to figure out who it is. So that's Jamie Lissell. Where was Jamie doing this, uh, Eric? Oh, that was just on Instagram. It does sound very similar to his appearances with Craig Gutfeld. <laughs> with me right now is Carly Shimkus. Carly, I don't really, um, I, I feel as though you didn't think that was funny. <laughs> I was trying to understand the point of what he was saying. No, no uh, offense. You saw the video. I was also distracted by the train sound in the background. Did you notice that? Yeah. No, like there's a passing what train. What was the train? Right? What was the train, uh, Eric? You don't know. <laughs> Pete, would you find out? Did you just ask them what train I'll it was? In, I'll look into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, two, six. All right. Let's find out if there's indeed more to know. More to know. Invest in premium American whiskey as it ages. The older it gets, the better it gets. And the more valuable it gets. Go to caskdeeds.com. That's caskdeeds.com to learn more. Paid for by Spirits Capital Corporation. All right. Here we go. Invest in whiskey. I've always said that, right? Yes. Buy uh, gold, invest in whiskey. Absolutely. That sounds like a party. Domingo Herman threw the fourth perfect game in Yankee history. Here's the final out. Domingo Herman, one out away from forever. Grounded to third. Donaldson has it. There it is. Perfection for Domingo Herman. Oh. And believe it or not, he was on the road too, Carly. 12,479 in Oakland, California. They're a bad team about to move to Las Vegas. Final score is 11 and nothing. Uh, you did not stay up to watch it. Why? No, I don't even know what a perfect game is. That means 27 up, 27 down. No so he walks, struck no all hit by batters. Okay. No, uh, just got him out. He put the ball in that little box, that imaginary right. box. fake thing. imaginary yes, box. Yes, yeah. Uh, so, Each time. Yes, or the, someone swung at it, and he was out. Okay. So that means no errors, no walks, no hits. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I congratulate him whole, wholeheartedly. He hasn't even been that good, right, Pete? I mean, no, he hasn't. And but, but here's something for you: the Yankees now lead the major leagues in the most for the most perfect games by a franchise. Finally, oh. that franchise is doing something historic. Yep. Next. Okay. Uh, new poll shows you're not gonna like this. Golf fans, well, maybe you will. Loathe the PGA Tour Saudi deal. Uh, this is a, a Quinnipiac University poll. My alma mater. I found that 51% of Americans say they disapprove of the partnership. That's not, well, that's half. Approximately 29 did not offer an opinion, uh, while 21% said they, percent said that they approve. So that's how that poll broke down. A couple of things. Okay. They are making the sport bigger. A lot of people don't know the details of it. They don't like the way the live came in, took some of the best players, and then forced the merger. But... There's a lot of things about the tour that weren't player-friendly, and they are upping the prices, uh, the, the prizes. Mm-hmm. They, are, they should make it a lot easier for people who are making their way through. There's a lot of money in the sport, mm-hmm. and I think they brought opens people's eyes uh, to make it a little bit more player-friendly. There was nowhere to go. When I was on maternity leave, I watched that golf um, docu-series that followed the players. Yeah, what would you think? I loved it, and I want to become a golf person now. How great was it that they're doing it? And at the same time, the live tour happens. So then you got this drama. Yes. So. They f- they actually um, said that there are cameras in the room when all the players found out about the PGA Live merger. So that will be next season. Wow. So no one can make sense of it. They're going to find the players that left. Wait a second. I thought you merged. Can you imagine they, that? They are going to find the yeah, players they, that yeah, left. So the- Dustin Johnson and oh, others. Oh, to make it fair. To, to make, make it, it fair. fair. But why is it fair? <laughs> 
You know, you, no, I heard that the PGA players that turn down live deals are going to get equity in the company. The, oh, you is know, that true? Yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't think anybody, I don't even think they know. Let's find out about this story. The best coffee chains, top five cups of Joe, Ooh. according to experts. Number five is a caribou coffee. Never had it. Number okay. four is Starbucks. How do you know which one? Mm-hmm. I guess it's pure coffee. Mm-hmm. Three is Tim Hortons, which you <laughs> find. Like do you like Tim Hortons? Sure, yeah. And number two is Pete's Coffee, not your Pete. Nope. Uh, and number one, Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts is a good cup of coffee. I like Dunkin' Donuts over Starbucks because Starbucks coffee is too strong for me. Right. I agree. It takes the lining of your stomach it out. Really but it does. does. wake you up. <laughs> That's Next. exactly right. Okay, um, staying on the drinks topic, any amount of alcohol could increase the risk of over 60 diseases, according to new research. Can you name some of them? Uh, Of those, 28 ailments have already been tied to drinking, such as esophageal cancer, liver disease, and diabetes. Right. So those are the ones that they're saying. Well, esophagus cancer, it's esophagus, Any amount of alcohol. I just read a study that said uh, drinking red wine is great. For you. Right. I choose to follow that study. But it, it does. Pick your study. Not great for your teeth. Well, there is a thing called wine wipes that you put in your purse or your pocket. Really? You're going to have a glass of red wine out, and it's a little wipe, and you could just, it takes the red wine stain off your mouth. Is that something you need before you come to work? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm getting the sense. I mean, it sounds like you I'm have really that not. in your purse. That's what I'm saying. No, sensing. only on, responsibly on the weekends. Right. Yeah. What do you have? Like, do you do it to loosen up? I don't really up? like red wine. I like white wine more. Do you do it to loosen up or? I just like the taste. Of all alcohol. <laughs> what is wrong with this? No, I'm just saying. No, I drink uh, wine and gin. I do like gin. Gin? Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I do not like whiskey. Vodka is good. You love Because it tastes like nothing. But you would love to invest in whiskey. Oh, yes. We, we're investing in that whiskey company. What's it called? Cast. Ca- yep. Cast Eves. I will CIDs. be uh, an investor. Carly Shimkus, welcome aboard. From the Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan, it's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show. So glad you're here. We come to you from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan, heard around the country, around the world. And this news is breaking. Don't blame yourself if you don't know it. You're about to learn it. The Supreme Court strikes down affirmative action uh, to affirmative action plans in competitive college admissions. They dealt affirmative action a major blow, it reads, ruling against the continued use of racial preferences in higher education admissions policies. And by the way, John Roberts on the record in the past saying, being a critic of affirmative action, has said, if you want to stop discriminating, stop discrimination, stop discriminating. And that's what he believes affirmative action was. So we'll see how this goes. People try to spin this on racial issues. It was revolved around race at a time in which this country was having a hard time adjusting to uh, liberty for all. Uh, Separate but equal lasted way too long. And affirmative action forced people to open up their eyes and and make people do something they weren't doing, colleges. But now it seems as though, what many people have said, affirmative action has passed its time. Now, Mark Thiessen, you join us now as uh, not only chief speechwriter for George W. Bush, Washington Post columnist, Fox News contributor. We'll get to other issues. But you're also a deep thinker. Your thoughts about this Supreme Court decision? Well, it's the right thing to do. I mean, you know, here's the interesting thing. There's a history to this. Which is, you know, it used to be that all these elite uh, Ivy League schools, it was everyone was admitted on the old boys network, right? And it was all wasps. And then they started allowing Jews to come in. 
And what happened was when they were admitting people on the basis of merit, too many Jews were getting in. <laughs> and so what they did is they came up with this concept of holistic admissions, where they would look at different – not just your grades, not just your test scores, but you know the, 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 your character and your personality and all that. And it was all designed to keep the Jews out. <laughs> and so now they use holistic admissions to keep the Asians out. And keep other groups out and to sort of racially balance the, the, the classes as opposed to doing this stuff on merit. And I don't – I just think that's – most Americans think that's fundamentally uh, different from what, uh, what, uh, what we should be doing. We should, this should be, you should be getting into school on the basis of ra- – of, not of race, but on the basis of merit. So and, the, uh, yeah, and, so and, the, and it's just common sense. Asian community is the one that brought this forward, and, and they're likely going to benefit from this because uh, – their, their culture focuses on education, and, yeah, they, and, they, and they focus on academics. They want to be valedictorian. They want to go to the Ivy League schools, and they get results. I don't think we should be telling people enough Asians. No, exactly. And also, by the way, this is a you know this is a minority that uh, that uh, that it wasn't that long ago you know that 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 they faced the same kind of discrimination that uh, that other minorities in this country faced. You know, back back during the you know before long before Jim Crow, you know there was there were anti anti China laws, and especially in the Pacific in the Pacific Northwest and in California, where you know Asians weren't allowed in restaurants, and Asians weren't allowed in uh, stay in hotels, and Asians weren't allowed to you know all the all the same things that were being done to African Americans. Were done to Asians, and uh, and then suddenly, uh, you know, things turned around, and uh, and they they became enormously successful. And so it's like apparently, if you're a minority that overcomes discrimination and becomes successful, uh, now you have to be punished uh, for for that success. So you know, this is this is this is just writing a historical wrong. Uh, Justice Roberts writes: Many universities have for too long done just the opposite. Oh, done just the opposite. In doing so, they have concluded wrongly, and the touchstone of the individual identity is not challenged, bested, skills built, or lessons learned, but the color of their skin. Uh, our Constitution, constitutional history does not tolerate this choice. The justices were considering two separate legal challenges over just how Harvard University, a private institution, and North Carolina University of a public institution decide who fills their classrooms. We'll see how this goes, but people are going to be talking about this this uh, Supreme Court being conservative and being racist. You know that, right? I mean, they're they're going to say whatever they want to say. The the, the, the left is going to uh, they they have a clear strategy of trying to delegitimize the court uh, because they don't like they don't like the outcomes of the of the decisions. If it had gone the other way and there were liberal justices, they would have been celebrating it. So you know, it, it, it's it's a uh, you know it's outcome based ethics. Uh, but the, the court is is uh, is uh, this is this is this is another. I mean, I, again, all credit to Donald Trump. Donald Trump gave us three outstanding Supreme Court justices, best record of any president and Supreme Court nominations. Uh, you know, every every other Republican president going all the way back to to Nixon. Uh, put, uh, you know, they they put more people on who defected to the left than uh, than stayed on the right. And uh, even Ronald Reagan, you know, did, you know, who, who gave us Antonin Scalia also gave us, uh, you know, other justices that didn't do so well. So, you know, the, credit to Trump. This is uh, this is the Supreme Court that he gave us uh, and he deserves a shot. And, and Mitch McConnell. 
and Mitch McConnell, especially Mitch McConnell. Uh, Mitch McConnell took a very courageous step uh, in uh, in not moving Merrick Garland. And, 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 and by the way, you know, everything we're learning about the Hunter Biden investigation, everything. Thank God we didn't put Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court. Uh, I, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. So let's talk about uh, what's happening now on the right. Donald Trump, in a latest Fox News poll, has even a wider margin uh, in the in the GOP nomination race. So nationally, uh, yep. Donald Trump with 56 percent of the vote, DeSantis 22, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy five. Then you got Pence and Scott four, Haley three, Christie one, and a whole bunch of ones, including Suarez. Yep. So. A couple of things that are happening. If you look at Donald Trump's speeches, they're a little bit crisper. Number two, he's got a very good team around him. And number three, he is dominating all the headlines, isn't he? Yep, he is. And then there's a there's a rally effect when the, when the left goes after him and indicts him, uh, then uh, then a lot of Republicans rally around him. Look, the Republican, I, it's it's still extremely early. You know, at this time in 2016, uh, I can't remember who it was Jeb Bush or Scott Walker who was who was in the lead. Uh, and say, uh, things can change. Uh, uh, so, you know, there, there haven't been any debates yet. There's a long time before voters go to the polls. But look, if you look at the polls, there's a great, really interesting CBS News poll, which shows that basically 25 percent of the electorate, a quarter of the electorate, Republican electorate is just considering Donald Trump. About a quarter of the Republican electorate will never consider Donald Trump. And 50 percent is looking at Trump, looking at other candidates. And, you know, if you look at the, his numbers, about half of those people are right now saying they're supporting Trump, but that's soft support that they can be convinced to go to somebody else. So, you know, there's, there's a, it is a, there's basically 75% of the GOP electorate is up for grabs for any one of these uh, other candidates if they, if they, uh, if they, if somebody emerges. It's just a question of whether one person can emerge to be the challenger to Trump. If it's a one-on-one race, uh, then I think it's competitive. If it's with, if it's Trump against a field of, you know, a half dozen people, or a dozen people, then he wins. Uh, I just yeah, and do you think he wins against uh, Joe Biden, who is bumbling his no, way through re-election? No, I do not win. He think he wins against Joe Biden. I think they, there was a recent poll that came out of swing voters, and you know, they, they, here, here's an interesting thing. He so, did. He does beat him in this poll. So here's a, here's a, here's something. Sixty-eight percent of Americans say that they are concerned that Joe Biden is the. There's an NBC News poll. Sixty-eight percent say Joe Biden is not mentally fit to be president. They're concerned about that. Kamala Harris in that poll, the most unpopular vice president in the history of the United States of America since polling began, at least in that poll, right? That poll, so people think that Joe Biden is mentally unfit and that the person who would succeed him if he, if he falters uh, is the most unpopular person. In that same poll, Biden beats Trump by four points. The, 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 if you look at there, – there was another a Wall Street Journal poll, I think it was, that looked at the voters who disapprove of both Trump and Biden. Biden wins those by 39 points. Swing voters are done with Donald Trump. And, and, people, and, and so there is a huge disapproval of Joe Biden, and people could be convinced to vote for a Republican, but they dislike Donald Trump more than they dislike Joe Biden. And it's and it's I, I, I agree with you that Trump is doing better right now, that he's, his speeches are better and all the rest of it. He's done so much irreparable damage to himself with the swing voters by his behavior after the election uh, that that I, I, it's unrecoverable. I think any other candidate on in that GOP field, which is an embarrassment of riches for the Republican Party, any other candidate can, can can crush Joe Biden. The only candidate I think that Joe Biden could beat 
is Donald Trump. But the poll show yesterday, the poll, the ABC poll from last weekend said it dead heat DeSantis and Biden. Trump loses by four. This latest poll has Trump up by one. So uh, by it, one. I mean, that's a margin of error. And, and, and you know, and that's that's a sign of Biden's weakness, not Trump's popularity. And again, you, there, the, he, there's other polls showing him losing. I think he's, you know, the, the, the reality is this people, people are, their opinions on Trump are set. I think their opinions of the other Republican candidates are malleable. So I think there's, there, there is room to grow. I think Trump has a ceiling that is, that is hard, that is, that is unbreakable. The other candidates don't have that ceiling. Uh, they have a chance to go out and make the case for themselves and convince swing voters to, to vote for them. Um, and I guess, you know, Republicans just have, it, it, I, honestly, I'm looking at I'm watching a slow moving train wreck and I'm screaming at the Republican Party, get out of the way. The train is coming. You're going to get crushed. And, you know, it, it, people will listen or people won't. Maybe it'll take, you know, maybe it'll take another election for us to realize that, you know, that 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 uh, that uh, but the disaster of the, the the just just stop and think to yourself. What would four more years of Joe Biden be like? Look at how he has declined over the last 18 months and imagine what he'll be like on Inauguration Day uh, when if he if he is re, if he is reinaugurated in, in January 2025. Do you think he's going to make it for four years? I don't. Do you think you want Kamala Harris to be to assume the presidency uh, and be, well, be, the, be the next commander in chief? That's what's at stake here. It's, this is not about avenging Donald Trump. This is about saving the country from from the, from the left. And that's got to be the priority. Do you think one thing that could happen? Number one, we had a three-year look at Joe, uh, Joe Biden, and it's not an imaginary Joe Biden, the moderate. We know how bad he is. We know the failure that we're witnessing. We know that the, the, the absolute disaster he had in Afghanistan, the slow-walking weapons in Ukraine. We see this, uh, literally, this train wreck, <clears throat> balloon wreck of a China relationship. We, um, we, we watch this performance. And then we watch him debate and fall apart. I mean, this guy's not being able – he's not pulling off solo speeches right now. He just said uh, Russia is not as strong after their war in Iraq. Yeah, twice on two different events. Yeah, in fact, here it is, cut 24. It's hard to tell, but he's he's clearly losing the war in Iraq. He's losing the war at home. And he has become a bit of a fly around the world. Uh, It's not just NATO. It's not just the European Union. It's Japan. It's – you know, it's – so no correction out by himself, dents in his face from his uh, CPAP machine. So it, it's it's absolutely awful what we're witnessing right now. And now yeah. he's running on the economy, which only 33 percent of the country thinks he's doing a good job with. He's actually running on that. So beatable. So beatable. And so why would we not pick the best candidate to beat him as opposed to, uh, you know, the, the one candidate that could possibly lose to him. I mean, look, I'm not saying that Trump cannot win. It's entirely possible that that Biden is so decrepit by the time the election comes around that that even Trump can beat him. But he's the least likely to beat Joe Biden of the entire Republican field. So the, and, the approval rate is 38.3 percent on average. Right. The real clear average. Yeah. So yeah. here is Joe Biden kind of kicking off his economic message. Cut third. Twenty three. Well, guess what? Less than we, a guy driving a truck hit a – anyway, knocked down a whole bridge and the whole block, four lanes of the highway. Today, with the help of the Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act a new plant's being built. Three-quarters of U.S. industries grew more con- consecrated – I mean, excuse me, consecrated. 
thinking I didn't go to mass. What oh the God. hell is that? Oh Senator God. Fetterman just called and said, straighten yourself out. Yeah. No, I mean, and they put him up for Fetterman standing next to each other. Ah. I mean, who's, the, who's the genius who at the White House for, you know, his communication shop would say, hey, here's a good idea. Let's put Fetterman and, and Biden up together and let's, let's show that to the American people. But, I mean, again, so, so you know, it's it's like the, uh, you know, it reminds me of that old Saturday Night Live skit when, when Dukakis is debating Bush and, you know, and Data Carvey's going, four more years, points of light, da, 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 and, and he looks and turns the camera's like, I can't believe I'm losing to this guy. <laughs> I know. I, I, I thought about the same. I thought about the same thing. And meanwhile, Bush was the unbelievably competent. He yes. was unbelievably experienced, and he was a war hero. But he wasn't yeah. as eloquent as he could be, and that's eloquent. It wasn't dementia that was causing. Yeah, the, uh, no one thought he had dementia. They just didn't know if they wanted four more years. So I want yeah. you to hear a little Gary Shapley, the AIRS whistleblower, who's been blowing me away with his facts. Uh, it's easy to follow, and his disenchantment is palpable. Here he is, the IRS investigator that said, I've had it with a five-year slow walking of an investigation into Hunter, and they were not allowed to go into the father, who happens to be the president. Listen to him. Cut one. Every taxpayer deserves to be treated fairly. And, you know, it was my oath of office to, to, to make sure that that happens. And, uh, um, you know, we wouldn't meet our mission as an agency with IRS criminal investigation. And we'd really lose the trust of, of, of the people of the United States if we didn't ensure that everyone was treated fairly. In my past, I've, uh, I've voted for, for both D's and R's. And, you know, politics are irrelevant when, I, when I'm conducting my job. And he was told, don't, uh, you're not allowed to follow this. You're not allowed to follow that. You're not allowed to go check out storage units. And the father was off limits, and David Weist was not in control of the investigation. Your thoughts about how this is progressing? Well, David Weist is going to have to testify under oath. And, it, the, you know, Shapley, you know, he says that he at when David Weist said that he wasn't authorized to to uh, to indict him. Shapley says that he asked him again because he because he realized what an important statement he was making and how impressive that was. And he and he repeated it and he did it in front of witnesses. So David Weiss is going to have to testify under oath and he can't lie um, because there are witnesses to what he said, not just Shapley. It's not just one man's word against another. And the other thing you got to remember also, by the way, this is not just a corruption investigation. It's not just a tax investigation. It's not just nepotism. It's a national security issue. You know, the, the, who, this guy, Henry Zhao, who he's sending this email to saying, I'm stating here with my father and he and yeah, yeah. we're waiting for your answer. This guy had already before that email sent him five million dollars from an account he shared in a business with the daughter of the Chinese minister of state security. It's amazing. Okay? <laughs> she was the daughter in law of the head of the Chinese Communist Party's propaganda bureau. That is um, a lot worse than holding on to documents. Mark Thiessen, exactly. thank you. Take care. He's the best. Uh, your calls are next. You're the best, too. A talk show that's real. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. A lot of you are writing, and I appreciate it. And uh, I'll get to a lot of a lot of what you had to say. I mean, here's one that just came in. Um, a lot of people are really in Trump's camp and don't want to hear anything negative about him. Some people think Mark was too, a little bit too negative. They also are urging to uh, hear. They also love Donald Trump's explanation of what to do in Ukraine. Joe Rogan loved it. He's making a lot of news. 
when Donald Trump came out and said, the first thing I would do in 24 hours is stop the fighting and stop the killing. He said that was a totally reasonable thing. My feeling about Ukraine, though, both those things are impossible right now. There is a story out there that the general that was in contact with the Wagner chief, Prigozhin, that general is missing. And that was the general in charge of the nuclear codes. All chaos, all hell's breaking loose in Russia. This is a window of opportunity there. But I don't think Donald Trump's uh, plan of getting in 24 hours ends it because you have the invasion of a country that took 20 percent of that country. Russia would be totally happy, I think, to stop now. People that wouldn't be happy, the West and Ukraine. Would, Would we want to give Texas to Mexico? I don't think so. Daniel Bilak is next. And then we'll do a simulcast on Barney and Company. It's going to be a bigger hour. So glad you're here. radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. There's a couple of things that this exposed. Uh, number one, even if Putin had wanted to stop it, and it appeared that he did, uh, Prigozhin and his forces shot down multiple Russian aircraft on their way to Moscow, and it exposed that the cupboard is bare when it comes to security forces uh, for internal security. 85% of the Russian military uh, is devoted to Ukraine. All the chips are on that table. Uh, and uh, I think I think Putin's going to be looking over his shoulder uh, for the foreseeable future. Pretty interesting, right? That is Mike Waltz, the go-to guy on all things that don't have anything to do with party, but just about security and defense. And he was weighing in on what the what was going on last weekend and what has changed since. We understand, too, the general, as I just mentioned, that was in charge of the nuclear codes, with, understood to be charged in the nuclear codes, that evidently was in conversation with Prigozhin last weekend, is missing. We also are not sure the whereabouts of the Wagner uh, of the Wagner leader and founder over in Belarus. Maybe it's different now if we go and check in with Daniel Bilak. He is the member of the Territorial Defense Forces of Ukraine. Uh, is an attorney based in Kiev, put on the camouflage to fight for his country. Daniel, welcome back. Hey, Brian. How are you? So, first off, I, I don't know how much you know about the Russia situation. It is vital to the, the success of Ukraine. But has anything changed on the ground, according to your forces, with the counterinsurgency since the uprising uh, on Saturday? Well, Brian, we just keep taking more land every day. Um, We're moving forward on multiple fronts of a kilometer to two kilometers every day. That that may not sound like a a mile every day. I mean, it it doesn't sound like like a lot, but it actually is is quite substantial, especially when you think about the, the, the you know the multiple lines of mines that we got to go through, and all the trenches and the fortifications that have been dug, um, you know, and the fact that we don't have plane, we don't have air cover, you know, our, our troops are moving forward with uh, with armor, much of it provided by the people of the United States, which we're very grateful for, but we don't have the uh, the air cover, and and you know our guys are just heroically uh, digging them literally out of out of the trenches. They're losing a battalion a day, uh, Brian, and and that's 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 a lot. That's like five six hundred men, and the other day they lost over a thousand in one day, and and so you know we're, we're taking a fight to them. We have the strategic initiative, as General Zelensky, our our uh, chief of uh, chief of the general staff said, and uh, and we're pushing them back in Bakhmut, 
and we're pushing them back in, in Zaporizhia front. So they're, they're, you know, as we move, move closer to cutting off the land bridge. Uh, so it, it's slow but steady, and, um, you know, we, we have not seen, you know, and they've been reinforced by all the guys, the troops they brought from, from Kherson when they blew the dam. They moved all, so it's pretty clear why they blew the, the dam in, in Kherson, uh, to flood the plains and make it harder for us to cross and to be able to reinforce their lines in, in other places using, using those troops. But, you know, we're undeterred, and, and we're just, we're just going to keep pushing them out. So I hear, you know, we you supposed to the long-range missiles, I thought, from Britain, and I heard your, your pilots are being trained for F-15s, F-16s. Have you heard any progress on that? Well, I mean, it's one thing to train the pilots. I mean, our pilots, frankly, should have been started training in, in last fall when we when we asked for for this for the first time. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's it's really it's hap- it's happening, which is great. Unfortunately, it's happening pretty late in the day. So, I mean, we we may not get those planes until until you know after the summer, which you know we need them now. But we can't wait, Brian. We 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 got to move forward. We got to take easy advantage what we're doing and whatever we get, we'll get the long range missiles that the British have given us have proven very effective. We've taken out a key a set of bridges that connected uh, the, uh, the, the post road to Crimea, which they were using to resupply their forces from Crimea into, uh, into Zaporizhia and Kherson and, and even up into, into the, into Donetsk. And, uh, and, you know, if, if we had the attackums, we'd be, We'd be we'd be so much more effective, but you know, hopefully we'll get those. I understand that there's some movement in Congress that to try to get the administration to to finally agree on that. Um, but they would be super super helpful to us. And you know, the sooner we get this done, Brian, the sooner we all celebrate victory. And uh, you know, the people of the United States uh, can feel very very proud of uh, of, of what uh, of what they've done to to preserve. Freedom and democracy in, in in Europe and against this this terrorist state. I uh, listen. It's a blow to China, uh, Russia. Every every time Russia takes a hit, China takes a hit. This is an evil combination. Who would have thought that Russia needed to be propped up using North Korean missiles and drones from Iran? I mean, these are junior nations, impoverished nations who brutalize their people. Yeah, I thought they'd have military hardware, but this is supposed to be a semi superpower. And they're falling apart before our eyes. I want you to hear Vladimir Putin. This is one of the he's, he yesterday he was seen on the streets, and uh, this is what he said uh, said about the Wagner Group. Cut thirty nine. The organizers of the rebellion, betraying their country, their people, betrayed those who were dragged into the crime. They lied to them, pushed them to death, under fire, to shoot at their own. And here's what uh, Prigozhin said. Cut forty. He showed a masterclass on how February 24th, 2022 should look like. We do not have the goal of overthrowing the existing regime and the legally elected government, which we have talked about many times. We turned around so as not to shed the blood of Russian soldiers. Now, the word is he was expecting other military officers to join him. He was looking to overthrow the secretary of defense who was trying to dissolve the Wagner group and just fold them into the regular army. I think it's important in the big picture that the Wagner group is not in and that Vladimir Putin is not putting a warrant out to kill Prigozhin or using his name necessarily. And he's asking for weapons back. Now, I love that the Wagner group is not in and is not fighting against you guys. What's been the effect on the battlefield and what do you think's really happening? 
Well, you know, Brian, this is like, you know, Frankenstein's monster uh, turning around and, and attacking the creator. I mean, you know, the Wagner Group has really been an extension of the Russian military. They, they were created to uh, allow Russia some form of plausible deniability when, when they go into African and, and, era, and Middle Eastern countries and, and try to, you know, either overthrow governments or, or support uh, people like Syria and, 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 and Iran. But, it, you know, it, it, it just shows how completely compromised and weak uh, Putin is and how completely corrupt and, and weak Russia is. Uh, you know, you could, it, it, took them, it took them a year, it took Wagner a year to take Bakhmut, and they almost took Moscow. And they took Rostov in two hours and almost took Moscow in a day. So, you know, it gives you a pretty good idea that, A, there's, you know, the emperor has no clothes, and there's nothing worse for a dictator than to stop being feared by his people. So Putin's paranoia must be at, at just like, you know, uh, unprecedented uh, levels right now. And he's been shown, he has a compromise with, with basically a warlord. And it shows that Russia doesn't have an army. They, they can fight. He's got to rely on warlords. And he's got to rely on Chechnyans. The Chechnyans are going to go, go, going to confront Wagner. I mean, what kind of country is this? They're, the 85% of their military is deployed in your country. So and they're not doing well. Uh, they're good at mining people and and killing civilians. Uh, so I want you to hear Will Hurd. As you know, uh, you might know the congressman from Texas running for president who spent nine years in the CIA. And this is what he said. He's not somebody just to fly off the handle either. And one of the things that I, I was concerned that um, Secretary Blinken said, he said, help the Ukrainians take back land that they lost in the last 16 months. Uh, how about we take back land that they lost since 2014? We should be making sure that we're supporting Ukraine and pushing the Russians out of Crimea, out of the Donbass. And I hope that was just him misspeaking and that the official policy is not just going back to the way things were when the Russians most recently invaded 16 months ago. So uh, I know you, he's singing your song, but what is the U.S. policy, Daniel? Well, you know, I mean, I'm really hoping that it is, is going to continue to be that total victory means back to our uh, territorial uh, boundaries and our full sovereignty of uh, 1991, meaning all of our territory back, including Crimea and, and the Donbass. I mean, you and I both know, Brian, that if we leave the Russians on one square inch of Ukrainian soil, there will never be peace in Europe, and it'll be a pause, and he'll he'll just, he'll just rearm new groups and come back. Yeah. And the only way to, have, to ensure peace in Europe is to defeat the Russian army. We, we are now the eastern shield of NATO. You know, we got the NATO summit coming up. NATO needs Ukraine as much as Ukraine needs NATO. I mean, without us in fighting this fight, there, there would be huge security issues in, in the Baltics and in Poland. We would come after them, and that's when American soldiers would die. Yeah, I mean, this we... war is costing the American taxpayer 50 cents a day. Um, and no cost to, in American lives. Uh, you know, this, this, this victory will be the greatest victory of the United States in, in the post-World War II era. Yeah, and we just stopped the expansionism. Daniel Bilak, the, 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 uh, obviously the line isn't great, but my goodness, he's in Kiev. He's in Ukraine. The guy's an accountant, put on the fatigues, and is fighting this war. That's how hard they're fighting, and that's where your money's going, and I think you should feel good about it. Uh, Barney and Company will do a simulcast next. You'll listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. At the back end of my live simulcast, I'll be able to take some calls. So line up.
Now, the Brian Kilmeade Show joins Fox Business's Varney and Company with Stuart Varney, live on your radio and on Fox Business. Here's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. In a matter of moments, we're going to go on FBN, the Fox Business Network, and we're going to be talking about uh, a few things. We're going to be talking about Hunter Biden, the investigation that's moving forward that even other people are tracking, other networks besides ours. Also, uh, we're going to be talking about the New York City Pizza Alliance, which is fantastic. And uh, also looking at the the historic ruling by the Supreme Court that overturns affirmative action as a reason to get admission into uh, into college. And I think it's, I think we're ready as a country. What about you? But first, let's listen in. Off into space. We are following it. And guess what? It's 1051 on the East Coast. That means it's time for Brian Kilme. Great to see you, Brian. Uh, look, we've been looking at Hunter Biden walking into his deposition this morning, casually with his backpack on. Uh, he's going to be there for a lawsuit from the owner of that laptop repair shop who's wanting damages for defamation. You know, Hunter's scandals... I hate to say are really piling up because it really doesn't do it justice. I mean, where do we go from here? It's drip, drip, drip of scandal, scandal, scandal. And this guy just seems to just float along merrily, doesn't he? Yes. And we're not looking at new scandals. These are this is paying for the old scandals where he seems it seems to still think he's impervious to ever getting any type of paying type of punishment. Think about when he shows up at that Modi dinner in front of everyone. No, the cameras were rolling. Think about going to Camp David with his father when the Russian invasion's happening. Knowing this Hunter, the the Hunter Biden uh, explanation, the whistleblower's coming forward about the true investigation. And now think about Johnny Mac Isaac. Uh, He is the one who was just absolutely getting death threats because he handed in the Hunter Biden laptop to the FBI. And after nine months of feeling like a criminal from the FBI, and basically had his dad step in to kind of watch his back, who's got the military background. Then all of a sudden, this becomes major news. He was told the laptop is fake. Johnny Mac Isaac, again, he has to go hide. He's worried about his own welfare. And now when it was, even the Washington Post says it's real, he said, wait a second. They're still defaming me. They won't admit it's his, technically. But they're countersuing him now for exposing things on the laptop while still not admitting that it's yeah. his laptop. It's just, you know, it's just mind-boggling, the whole thing. But I want to move on to another scandal. Uh, A pizza alliance, Brian, has been formed to fight against New York's new rules on coal and wood-fired pizza ovens. The city wants them to cut emissions by 75%. That means they could end up spending 20 grand on new filters. Of all the things that are happening in New York City, and we've been talking about this a lot, but is this the focus that we really should be uh, looking at? It's bizarre. I mean, the same thing yeah. Mayor Adams yesterday saying kids should make sure that every teacher gives kids five to seven minutes just to sit there still and breathe. Really? Okay, is that the way you want to get math scores up and English scores to soar? <laughs> They're way below grade point average. And now they decide to focus on pizza kitchens. You know what is emblematic of something you talk about all the time? Yeah. They have no sense in the Democratic Party of what is it like to run a business. Nobody who ever ran a small business in their life from dry cleaner to small restaurant would ever walk in and put a mandate on something with margins so small that would require $20,000 or you shut down. They also wouldn't have been shutting down businesses and finding them the way they were during the pandemic, crashing into kitchens, trying to find a short order cook with the mask below his nose so they can hit you with a $10,000 fine. That's very similar to the $20,000 you've got to go to clean up what's in your chimney. And don't tell me it's not going to change the taste of the pizza. It absolutely will affect the heat. Experts say that absolutely will affect the pizza. Can you take, you want to take everything good about New York? 
It's bad right. enough the Mets are having such a disappointing season. <laughs> now we're giving up pizza. But I love that they're combining. I, I love that they're combining and uh, becoming a force, and I hope they all show up uh, because they. if you've ever been to a pizza place, they are loud and they are confident people, and they you don't are. want to cross them. You don't. We had Paulie G on yesterday. I know you did on Fox and Friends. He was great. Very quickly, though, what always just absolutely boggles my mind more than anything is these policies are ridiculous. And yet in New York City, in Chicago, in San Francisco, these liberal progressive uh, government leaders, even when they're booted out of office, they're replaced by another liberal progressive leader. I don't understand why voters don't kick them out altogether. You know, actually, the other thing is Republicans to default are to blame, too. They just mm. have given up on the cities. We're the organizations. It might take a few elections. But yeah. you present them, you present them with another opportunity, another legitimate option. It makes everybody better. But right now they say, let's just focus on the governor races. Let's focus on the areas in which we can be successful. Instead of realizing to, to be a successful party, you can't do it without the urban community. I, that we become very polarized when we give up on certain sections of the country. And I right. would love to see a Rudy Giuliani emerge yes. in Chicago and in Philadelphia uh. and in New York. And in, uh, and in Los Angeles and San Francisco. Uh, we'll keep on dreaming, and uh, the next pizza's on me, Brian. That's a promise. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today right. on Fox Business. We Go appreciate get him, it. Ashley. And I'm going to hold you man. to that. Thank you. All right. You do. Right. Uh, we are moments. And that is uh, true. And in case you don't know, if you're not in New York, they just came up with this mandate that you have to, with coal and with wood, they decide the carbon footprint is too great. So if you have an oven that was not put in prior to 2016, that was put in prior to 2016, you got to change it within a very short period of time. you got to alter it. We're going to have inspectors, and they're good at inspecting in New York, or uh, we'll shut you down. So that's a $20,000 investment. So we've asked a few pizza people, especially after the pandemic, what do you think? Do you have it? He goes, well, no, I don't have 20000 sitting around. So in, uh, a mandate that is unfunded to the small business people fighting to sell every slice in order to make ends meet. We just do the opposite. They say the Biden administration overall has added $10,000 to every family due to regulation. The one thing that Trump did, as experts will reveal later, more than the tax cuts, which were the corporate tax cuts, got the 21 percent, brought back trillions. But the one thing that Trump did better than anybody else, he cut regulation and even said to me, he might even said it on this show, right, cutting regulations was even more effective than anything we did on tax cuts because it also gives the business owner a sense that we're on your side. How can I help you? It's kind of the attitude that Texas and Florida has. How do we get you down here? How do we get you to be a police officer in our city? How do we get you to get your pool company in our city? How do we get Elon Musk and SpaceX out of California to Texas. Give them a tax break, give them some land, and tell them they're appreciated. And all they want to do is give back. That's the attitude. We need that in America again. From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City, always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show. We're going to have uh, uh, EJ and Tony with us, economists with the Heritage Foundation, in a matter of, in about 15 minutes. And then Kennedy at the bottom of the hour to ride the breaking news, which is about uh, the Supreme Court. They have just struck down 
Uh, affirmative action means we're all on a level playing field when it comes to getting admitted to colleges. Remember, this case was brought and got to the Supreme Court level when an Asian American decided that he was being discriminated against because his grades were through the roof. He should be getting into an Ivy League school, but he wouldn't because there were already enough Asians. And he thought to himself, wait a second, how could you discriminate me? Uh, I'm a minority and I can't get in because other Asians also have good grades. So this came up to the highest level. John Roberts had made a, a statement in the past. I'll paraphrase it. If you want to end discrimination, stop discriminating. And they believe that discriminating when it comes to college admissions in 2023 uh, is discrimination. Deciding that if you are a minority, you should have a leg up on, I guess, white people. That, to me, is no longer going to fly, in theory, with these colleges. Now, keep in mind, too, when it comes to this, the debate is worthy because... A lot of people who do it on their own merits, who happen to be a minority, say so they walk around campus and then they, people look at me as if to say, the only reason you're here is because of the color of your skin. So the people that earn their way in have that label. Also, if you get into a university that you can't handle, that your high school grades said and your SAT scores reveal that you can't handle an Ivy League school, you're not helping anybody. You're struggling. You're not getting out of it. You're going to hate it. And you're not an institution so reflective of of your of what you've learned to this point. So that's the other side of it. But just another interesting thing coming from uh, coming from the Supreme Court. And of course, everybody on the left is outraged. They say it's unbelievable. Uh, can you pop up again the dissent, if you can, uh, Pete? So the dissent on this is uh, from Sotomayor. Obviously, I think the uh, the decision went on uh, party lines. But here's what Sotomayor wrote in dissent. Notwithstanding this court's actions, society's progress towards equality cannot be permanently halted. Diversity is now a fundamental American value housed in our varied and multicultural American community that only continues to grow. The pursuit of racial diversity will go on, although the court has stripped out almost all uses of race in college admissions. Universities can and should continue to use all available tools to meet society's needs for diversities in education. Despite the court's unjustified exercise of power— that's what she believes. The opinion today will serve only to highlight the court's own import, impotence in the face of America, who cries, whose cries for equality resound, as has been the case before in the history of America. Democracy, the arc of the moral universe, the moral universe will bend towards racial justice despite the court's efforts today to impede its progress. Martin Luther King said, our God is marching on. There you go. Or you could say society's got to the point where they don't need it that African-Americans, Asians, minorities don't need a leg up because they melted into the country. They, are, they have been able to use the same educational system, and they don't, need, uh, they don't need to be graded on a curve anymore. We'll talk about that. All right, I do want to talk about what's happened with Hunter Biden. Last night, Gary Shapley did his second network interview, and it was with Brett Baer. Who is Gary Shapley? Gary Shapley is the IRS whistleblower. What has he done? He's worked on the Hunter Biden case for the past five years. And for the last 14 years, he's been a investigator for the IRS. You know, relentless guy. We've all had these people in our lives, in our work. And you know what it's like. If you have a small fine of five, $7,000, $80,000, they're coming after you. They're figuring out a way. They'll garnish your wages if they have to. I got an email earlier said a guy said that I, I was owed a 300, uh, the IRS said they owed $300. He didn't believe it. He kept going back. They kept fighting it. And finally, they just took it. They took it out of his paycheck. So that's how ruthless they can be. And this guy could not believe that Hunter Biden, making all this money overseas, was paying almost no taxes, didn't even file in 2014 and 2015, while doing deals with Kazakhstan, China, 
writing off things like sex clubs along the way. And the IRS got a hold of this. They're about to blow it up, and they were told you can't pursue it. You can't pursue it against the father, who ended up being the president. You can't pursue it against the family. And we're going to give – they ended up giving a heads up. Uh, the, the prosecution got a heads up, gave a heads up to the defense, to the Bidens, before any raid was done or any investigation took place. In fact, they, everybody was given a heads up who were friends or business partners of the Bidens. Nobody talked to them except for Rob Walker, and he was helpful. So here's a little of what Shapley said. He said the IRS wanted to search a, uh, get a search warrant for Hunter's storage locker, but prosecutors tipped off the lawyers. Said investigators weren't allowed to ask questions about the president or include certain names during the Hunter probe. Hunter's laden account received $5 million days after the WhatsApp message that was threatened one of the CEOs of this Chinese energy company. How does that happen? And it's estimated, according to Shapley, that he actually earned $8 million in never paid taxes, not $1.5 million. James Comer came out and says it's more like 20 and growing. Here's, here's Gary Shapley, cut to. I was there, and I witnessed this personally. And he started with he's not the deciding person on whether or not charges are filed or not. If you follow the path of where the venue leads you, they went to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office in March of 2022, and they presented this case to them. Uh, at the same time of that, at the same time as that was occurring, they requested discovery from the agents, which is a typical step when they're getting ready to charge. Now, I wasn't in those meetings. I asked to be in those meetings, as did the case agent, so we didn't help present to them. But after that occurred, he was no longer looking to charge in that district. So the guy is David Weiss. He was in charge, but he wasn't really in charge. He said he was in charge. He wrote a letter to Jim Jordan saying he was in charge. Merrick Garland says he was in charge. But in these meetings with IRS agents and FBI agents, he said he wasn't. You just heard that. So when Shapley was done, he memorialized this in an email and then sent it to some of the people in that room and said, guys, is this how you remember this conversation? And they wrote back and they said, yeah, you got it exactly. That's it. So he's, he said, I'm going to come forward. He ends up coming forward. Cut four. I didn't learn that fact until October 7th of 2022, so looking back to March of 2022. And that's when David Weiss, in October 7th, 2022, said that the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office had will not allow us to charge there. And then he added that he would request special – he requested special counsel authority and was denied. In that meeting, I even had him repeat that because I knew how important that fact was, and I wanted to make sure I understood it. There you go. I'll play another one here. Uh, this is about following up with President Biden, because in his mind, especially in the WhatsApp message saying his father, Hunter Biden, said, my father's sitting right next to me. This is what he said. Cut, nut, cut six. When we received the, the attorney-client filter-reviewed copy of, of information from the search warrant to Apple, which produced that document, we went back to the uh, prosecutors and we requested to take various investigative steps. And they were not supported. Uh, and, th and when they weren't supported, they said, well, maybe he wasn't co-located with him. So, well, we, we can take investigative steps to, uh, to, to see if that happened. Right. And they didn't support anything uh, in relation to that, to that effort. And it's consistent with their ongoing theme of, of, of not allowing us to pursue or ask questions about President Biden, the big guy. Is this maddening or what? And they're cutting close. And you can see that Biden is getting a little, he's always ticked off. But he, 
he gets up, he talks to the press, he thinks he's going to talk Russia, and seems shocked to get this question. Cut 11. President Biden, how involved were you in your Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? No, I wasn't. No. A little angry, huh? Well, then your son's a liar, just telling you. You know, the son that always does everything right and is great. He's a liar because he said, my dad's sitting right next to me. They geolocated him, and he was in the beach house when he sent the WhatsApp message. How did you get the WhatsApp message? They sent a subpoena to Apple. Apple cooperated, and they gave it to him. That's the, one of the few cooperations. So what does it mean in perspective? Jonathan Turley weighed in last night, cut 12. I think the key here is that we are well past the threshold for oversight investigations and the possibility of impeachable offenses. You can't deny that. There are false statements here that have to be explored. And so oversight committees have every right to delve into these issues, and I think courts will support them. At this point, the power of Congress to investigate this matter is at its apex. There are criminal and potentially impeachable matters uh, involved, and they can move this aggressively and quickly, in my view. So there you go. Listen, I'm going to take a time out now and come back with more on this with E.J. Antonis, an economist, Heritage Foundation. President Biden yesterday decided to change subjects and decided to, to officially be a candidate and have a policy, and that is to underline his great economy. The problem is the numbers reveal that only 33 percent of the country thinks our economy's great. And over, just over 20% thinks we're on the right path. Is Bidenomics going to be his ticket to four more years in the White House? We'll discuss it. Don't move. Want even more, Brian? Download the podcast at BrianKilmeadShow.com. Every episode, exclusive interviews on demand. More of Kilmead coming up. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Trickle-down approach failed the middle class. It failed America. It blew up the deficit. It increased inequity. And it weakened our infrastructure. It stripped the dignity, pride, and hope out of communities, one after another, when I ran. So I came into office determined to change the economic direction of this country. You know, reversing 40 years of Republican trickle-down economics that helped few but hurt the middle class, it's going to take some time. I'm here to say we have a plan that's turning things around incredibly quickly. And that is binomics, I guess. Um, Spend a lot. um, Make sure interest rates are high. Keep inflation high, 40-year high overall. 33% of the country don't seem to like it. 20% think we're on the right track. But that's exactly what Joe Biden wants to do. And that's what his people are saying. They say the American people want the low unemployment, which is true. Uh, There's 10 million open jobs, which is also, I think, bad. But they say anyone who wants a job can get a job. So go get a job. E.J. Antoni joins us now. He's an economist with the Heritage Foundation. E.J., welcome back. Brian, thanks for having me again. So were you surprised that the administration's rolling out Bidenomics? Oh, absolutely. Because if you look at the track record, what is there to brag about? And amazingly, what they're doing is just essentially gaslighting the American people and saying, don't believe your lying eyes, don't believe your empty wallets, and instead just believe what we're saying. It's it's scary. It's very Orwellian. To think that they think it's going well. You know what they're saying is, look at the projects being done. People need to realize the infrastructure that's being built. 
And I don't know because he feels his. Uh, I don't know. Actually, don't know because we're only the GDP is only growing at one percent. He's pointing over and over to job numbers. The job numbers are they are they as good as they appear? No, and there's a couple key reasons for that. One of which is the fact that uh, the vast majority, like nine out of ten jobs that we've seen created under the Biden administration are simply us just getting back to pre-pandemic levels. And if you look at the pre-pandemic trend, we're still about uh, 2 million, a little more than 2 million jobs below that because labor force participation is down. The the employment to population ratio is still depressed. So we are still far below trend. On top of that, we have double counting the jobs numbers from people having to go out and get a second and even third job because they can't make ends meet from prices going up so much. Yeah, they do say the average... Hourly wage was it was eleven dollars and thirty cents. Now it's eleven dollars and three cents. So you might not seem like much, but it's not trending right. Also, with the interest rates high, I guess real estate tri- prices have dropped for the first time in a long time. Right, that's starting to come down. Really, since the first for the first time since the uh, the financial crisis and the housing meltdown uh, that we saw more than a decade ago. And you know, again, these aren't really good indicators that we're seeing here. It's con- we're continuing to point towards recession. So when you look at the criticism on trickle-down economics, the deficits were added, but those deficits were – you could deal with those deficits. How is, how is this president's focus on middle out doing? Oh, my goodness. I, I never know, heard of that, by the way. Is that a principle in, in no, economics? No, no, dear goodness. Nothing this president said is, is a principle in economics. And this, this whole thing of trickle-down is a straw man. Find me the person who espouses this theory. Find me where it's been, it's been implemented ever. I mean, what we saw under the Trump administration, for example, which he claims was, was trickle-down economics, we saw real wages growing for lower income earners. Today, they're falling. So far from a, a case where you're giving handouts to the wealthy, the Trump tax cuts disproportionately went to people in lower incomes. You also write, E.J., that with regulation being back, uh, uh, back in the fray all of a sudden instead of being cut, it's costing families between seven and $10,000. Right. And, you know, this is one of the things that people really miss because it's just so hard to identify these things. But you saw under the the Trump administration, you know, the biggest impact they probably had was not the the tax cuts. It was the reduction in regulation. We saw the exact same thing under Ronald Reagan. The reduction in taxes really didn't match the economic boom that followed. And the reason was, was the regulation cuts – had so much of a role to play as well. When you cut the corporate tax rate, when the previous administration cut it, uh, what was the result from uh, the businesses coming back home? Well, initially, you always see this reduction in corporate revenue because the rate's lower. But what happens is, as you just said, corporations come home, corporations increase their activity, and as a result of that, the tax base grows more than the reduction in the rate, and you end up with higher revenues. So that's uh, that has worked. Do you fear it going up under this administration? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it already has with the Inflation Reduction Act, so-called, right, Inflation Reduction Act. It went up how many Act. points? Uh, it's difficult to quantify. It's going to depend on the corporations. But for some corporations, it represents a 15 percentage point increase. So he wanted to – they wanted to roll out Bidenomics, like Reaganomics. They wanted it to come out. Here's Joe Biden. No one briefed him that this was their idea. Cut 22. You guys ran it. I didn't. That's, I never called it Bidenomics, and so I was asked the question. Why did I? Economics, you're economics. Now, wait, let's get it straight. First time we're hearing from the Wall Street Journal. Okay? I don't go around beating my chest Bidenomics. So the press started calling it Bidenomics. I, no, I like it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine because it is my policy. 
well, what's going on? Just embrace it. I mean, what, if you're proud of it, embrace it. Why, why are you wrestling with that? Well, probably because there's such a hesitancy to embrace it because it's bad policy. And you can you know that from the bad results. I find it so ironic that that he is trashing the last 40 years of economic policy as if it's been somehow horrible in the last 40 years. We never had inflation like we've had under Joe Biden. So please explain to me how Bidenomics is so superior to what we've had before. Where's the deficit done under for these two and a half years under the Biden administration? What's happened to the deficit? Oh, it's, it's exploding. If you look at, for example, the current fiscal year in the first uh five months, you had a deficit that was larger than the first 11 months of the previous fiscal year. In other words, Biden has managed to essentially double the deficit in a year's time. What about the reclaiming of COVID funds? Is that... Is that going on or is that just lip service? You know, unfortunately, in in the original bill passed by the House earlier this year, as part of the debt ceiling increase, they were going to claw back all of the unspent covid money. Instead, Mm -hmm. now with the with the uh, the agreement they had between the House, Senate and White House, now only a small portion of that is going to get clawed back, which means the rest is going to be spent. But there's nothing to spend it on. So it's going to be wasted. The untapped pun intended, the untapped part of the economy is energy. Mm -hmm. How are they being affected? Oh, dear goodness. There there was actually a report earlier this year that showed if Biden had simply made no changes to Trump's energy policies, we would have several more million barrels a day being produced here at home, right, and billions more cubic feet of natural gas. But instead, he has done everything he could to put a boot on the neck of American energy producers. All right. Uh, He has economists with the Heritage Foundation. You see his columns everywhere. E.J. Antoni, great to see you. Brian, thank you for having me back. Capture the magic, which is Bidenomics. Just don't bring it up to him because he doesn't want to be called Bidenomics. (laughs) Go figure. Kennedy's next. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome back, everybody. You know, this is pretty interesting because Eric usually rolls in a clip to kind of talk about what we should talk about first. And if I don't talk to him, he'll do it by himself. But with you here, uh, Kennedy, he probably feels as though we should play defense. We Because you're like a wild Bronco. Yeah. And we should oh, I thought I was it. playing defense. No, no, no. Oh. Well, we should, as a show, we should play defense. Uh, I think that's a great idea, right. Brian. And just try to, try to hold on tight. I would like to tight. think that I'm so aggressive and unpredictable that right. you just have, you have no idea what's going to happen Well, next. Eric, how would you explain the fact we didn't bump in with a cut? Am I right in my theory? Because that, whatever you guys are talking about in there is better than whatever I'm going to roll in. So. <laughs> I just caught a glimpse of myself on the monitor. I look like a crazy person. I, no, I no, walked you into your you office. Just put your hair up. Thinking, I look, I look amazing. I look so classy, and I looked at myself. And I'm like, I should be in a home. Right, not a ho- not a home that you have to stay in. You could still have work release and go visit your family or on holidays. <laughs> on holidays not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not like you shouldn't be sentenced to a home. No, but you you had your hair down. You just put it up right before. I yeah, I could never do that. If you grew your hair out, mm, you could. Can't. I don't know the, that. My the hair and then my back, my neck grows up. Well, then you could put it up on top of your head. Just, just have it keep growing up. <laughs> just keep growing up. I look a little wacky. Um, so we're just looking at the first thing with affirmative action. Mm-hmm. Uh, an Asian man was upset that he couldn't get into college even though he had the best grades around. And he said you discriminate against Asians. So he brought it up to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court says in 2023 we no longer need affirmative action. So no more race-based admissions. Mm. Al Sharpton to even put a camera in his car today. He's so upset. Chuck Schumer thinks it's bad. I just read Sotomayor's dissent. 
if you had to type out something, what would it say? We need school choice. Thank you. Yes, it is. It is very hard for a lot of minority students to get into college because they have been so underserved by being forced into failing schools where they don't have a snowball's chance in hell of success. So it starts so much further back than college in that admissions process. And I, I get very upset when people say, oh, it's just, you know, white women, rich white women who want school choice. No, actually, Minority children yeah. are the ones who They're are the, ones the who most egregiously underserved by a lack of choice. And if we had more choice, that means competition. That means better schools. So kids from every community all across the country would have a much better foundation that their parents could be a part of and select. And then by the time they got to college, right. they would be in a, a well, far school, better position. The school choice in Arizona, the school choice in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. the school choice in Ohio, Iowa, the school choice in Florida, uh, Texas. So, I mean, there's a lot of places just off the top of my head. There is they're They're ahead of us a little bit. Uh, yeah. Arizona. Did I say Arizona? Yeah. Yes. Arizona. So uh, there, a lot of people are ahead of us. The other thing is, too, is it's wrong to say I have too many Asians in my school. You can't come in. Well, and it's Asian women are the most discriminated against of of all races. And it's it's really I mean, it's pretty awful. Like if you we have been raised to think that the university university system, particularly in our country, is a meritocracy. Yeah. That if you work hard and you check all the boxes and you do community service, you get great grades, you do well in the SAT, then you are writing your own ticket. But I have heard stories of so many kids who cannot get into not just Ivy League schools, but, you know, really good state schools because of race. Right. Because I know it's, uh, for example, if you are if you are white and you're applying to Harvard, you better be really white. Or I should probably rephrase that. Your grades have to be 111 mm-hmm. and you have to be a George Bush's relative in some way to get in. When if we level the playing field, do you think America, having said what you said, America will pick you on the basis of your intellect and accomplishments? Or do you think that people will go out of their way? These admissions, no one's telling Harvard what to do. Mm -hmm. They're not mandating what to do. Doesn't mean that Harvard can't say, uh, I guess, no, it does mean they can. They cannot say I need 100 blacks, 100 Asians, 100 American Indians, 100 Filipinos. They can't say that anymore. Yeah, so we have to... could be an unsaid mandate. It, 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 it is such an antiquated education system that we have in this country. We shouldn't be surprised in the disparity of outcomes. But it starts so much further back than college. So you can't be surprised at this. But also, um, race-based admissions aren't necessarily the fix. That's not fair right. either. That's, that's not making the entire system better. And, Kenny, have you thought about this? Remember when those celebrities were getting their kids to school playing yeah. phony sports? Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I, some ba- I listened to some black students on campus, and they said, now you know how we feel. Mm-hmm. Because they would see a celebrity on campus. Some have really have 105 averages and almost a near-perfect SAT, but they looked at it and said, you're only here because you're famous, mm-hmm. or you, we know who your dad or your mom is. And they said a lot of these African-Americans do have great grades. And people go, you're only here because you're a minority. Yeah, that's and, and that's, that's also And wrong. it also creates um, another form of soft bigotry. Yes. It's awful. We're not we're not doing it right. Whatever we're doing, 
Like I look at this, but obviously I look at it from a limited government perspective. And wherever things are the most screwed up, that's where you find the most government. Right. Stop trying to help me if that's possible. You're making it worse. You're making it worse. Can we talk about something refreshing, exhilarating? Summer cocktails? Mm, that's second. I'm thinking a hundred bud. Oh, yeah. Right. right. Please. So Hit me we, with your best shot. Right, uh, Pat Benatar. So we know this, that right now Hunter got his red backpack and he went in to be deposed. Because Johnny Paul Mac Isaac's attorney wants to talk to him about a defamation lawsuit, and he's going to counter sue back on a laptop. He might or might not be his. I, I get... love that his attorneys are still sticking with. Yeah, might not be his. Like really? <laughs> While you suing who, the guy, who put all those ween picks on there? The Russians? Where'd right. they get them? Dossier. I mean, perhaps, it's, perhaps that's the right. dossier. Christopher Steele, right? Randy photographer. Absolutely. So uh, I want you to hear Merrick Garland. Cut three. Uh, Mr. Weiss was appointed by President Trump as the U.S. attorney in Delaware and assigned this matter during the previous administration would be permitted to continue his investigation and to make a decision to prosecute any way in which he wanted to. Can you explain the rationale for not appointing a special counsel in this case? Mr. Weiss had, in fact, more authority than a special counsel would have. The only problem with that statement is none of it's true. None of it's true. Not even a little. Right. And and also, he is just assuming that no one is going to challenge him on that statement. So if David Weiss had more power than special counsel, why did he make several requests to be named special counsel? Right. And reassigned in that role. So how do you do this? We're not going to get the AG and David Weiss in the same room. I would like to see them in the same room. And I would like to see them with Gary Shapley in the same room. Yeah. And I would like all of them to answer questions and provide documentation because if if Hunter Biden were a legitimate person, why would you need someone to engineer a letter from 51 former intelligence officials on his behalf, running defense right. in order to get the president elected. If if there was if there was nothing there, if he's mm-hmm. just you know sort of a cracked out family member, they knew what was on there. They knew it was real, and all of this that has followed from that just smacks of corruption and cronyism. And it's not the kind of government mm. that we were set up to have. Right. Uh, I don't know if you saw me interview us us interview James Comer today. I was sleeping because my daughter had her graduation party, and I was up till 2 in the morning cleaning, but I really meant to. Right. How was it? I had one great question. It was three hours. I mean, you're being very humble now. So I had one great question. I just said, look, it turns out, according to Shapley, the the laptop was authenticated in October of 2019. Now, we know what happened in 2020 when Rudy Giuliani uh, got it and the New York Post got it and it got suppressed. Guess who was president then? Thomas Jefferson. Almost. Donald Trump. And the William Barr was the attorney general. That's and I'm right. just wondering, did William Barr get briefed from the FBI just saying, hey, guys, we got this laptop. A lot of crazy stuff is on here. Joe Biden's like, like why would Christopher Ray not tell William Barr? And if William Barr found out that the laptop is real and it shows maybe the former vice president is dealing, using an influence to change policy mm-hmm. and might be running for president. And I think that might be of interest. We have not heard from the pro- – we know President Trump wouldn't have kept quiet if he knew that. Yes. Right? I don't think he knew that. I think so they, they kept that- a lot from him. Those deep staters, 
who had been in successive administrations, they have their own shorthand. They just stopped it. They just stopped this whole thing and didn't even tell the guy in charge. I understand that Merrick Garland might go, yeah, I'm not saying anything. But for William Barr not to get word, that is a smash system. Christopher Ray appointed by Donald Trump, and it was pointed out to me, well, you understand how much they hated Trump. This is a Trump problem. They said, whatever we have to do to make sure Trump is not president. And I think I believe people, that. And I th- it's crazy to think that we'd accept that. Of course it's crazy, because, but that's the problem with what is dubbed the deep state, is you have technocrats who feel like they know better than mm. voters— and and it is not only okay for them, it is their moral responsibility to change the outcome of elections when they feel they know which candidate would better serve the country. Right. That's uh, not the way democracy works, according no. to reports. Um, <laughs> Do you have those reports? Yes. Um, I'm going to put them in front of an audio tape later at my golf club and claim that they are on battle plans, <laughs> if you don't mind. These are just newspaper clippings. <laughs> so... James Comer today on Fox and Friends says that this isn't about 1.5 million that Hunter Biden had. It's not even 0.7.8.3 million that Shapley says. Listen to this. Cut 10. If you look at all the money that the Bidens took in, I mean, that's going to exceed $20 million. The way they set these up in these shell companies, these LLCs, they were deducting basic living expenses as business write-offs when there was no business. There was no legitimate business. For example, Owasco was supposedly Hunter Biden's law firm account, but he didn't practice law. But that was an LLC for his law firm. That's where he wired money. There's suspicious activity reports where he wired to escort services. Uh, he paid his sex club dues in California, and he was uh, you know, paying for the pornography site, which is what triggered the IRS investigation to begin with. It was an audit not of Hunter Biden, but of a pornography site. But by the way, for the record, they say it was a audit of an amateur pornography site. I'm oh, like, they are well, that pros. you can write off. Right. Yeah, amateur pornography you can write school. off. They yeah. were still in school. They yeah. don't want to ruin their eligibility. <laughs> so you know, just like, these are amateurs. Just going to warn you, when we open up this investigation, don't expect first-class porn. We have to petition the NCAA right. for a couple more years of eligibility. But we're, we're They should be it. able to, yeah. according to reports. So Comer says, can you imagine? Reports. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine 20 million? I mean, where is this money? How dare you take this money and not pay any taxes? How dare your father get up and tell everyone, pay your fair share? Pay these rich your people. fair share. Is that too much? Yeah, 8%. This guy's paying 0%. What a knob. And what is knob? Is that an acronym for something? No, like a doorknob. Oh. Yeah. Hunter Biden. He's just, he's, I would say he's dumb as a box of hair. But, you know, for a, for a cracked out ding dong, he really, he had a great little scam going. He did. What a grift. I, and I said this yesterday on Outnumbered, his dad becoming president is the worst thing that's ever happened to him because then the, the presidential microscope is not kind and he can't, he can't pull his shenanigans like he could when his dad was at the Naval Observatory. Evidently, uh, we don't know what was up, but we know the dad who never met with his business partners met with his business partners. Uh, Rob Walker said they met at the Four Seasons. He was specific. Uh, we know Bob Alinsky met at the Beverly Hilton. He was very specific. They said there's 10 different incidents. When he was there, they could tell you what exactly happened. Now, if you're Devin Archer, you're going to jail anyway. Oh, yeah. So why not just come out and say, yeah, I'm not asking him. Just come out. We did a deal, and Joe Biden was part of it. Can you do those interviews? Can we get to that? They've also never refuted Tony Bobolinsky. They don't even bring him up. Has anyone asked President uh, Trump, do you know who Tony Bobolinsky is? You mean President Biden? 
Oh, sorry, President Biden. Yeah. By the way, you hear this thing about Devin Archer? Mm. Do you know the link? There, n- was it's his crazy. wife working in the White House? This is the craziest thing okay. ever. When we come back. Oh, I love a cliffhanger. Right. Hit when we me. come back, Devin Archer's link to Donald Trump <gasps> when we come back. It's Brian Kilmeade. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Well, guess what? Less than we, a guy driving a truck hit a anyway, knocked down a whole bridge and the whole block, four lanes of the highway. Today, with the help of the Inflation Reduction Act, the Inflation Reduction Act, a new plant's being built. Three quarters of U.S. industries grew more con- consecrated. I mean, excuse me, consecrated. Thinking I didn't go to mass. What is that? What the hell does that mean? God save the queen, man. (laughs) What does that mean? So he's saying because of the infrastructure bill, when a truck erroneously takes out a bridge, we can rebuild it. Okay. Uh, We couldn't have done that before. The infrastructure bill. We had to have $6 trillion to do that. (laughs) All right. So your thoughts about him doing that four times a week. I mean, let's just say minimum when you're trying to run for president four times a week. You, he struggled. He doesn't even know the name of his Biden Bidenomics was supposed to be the theme. Only thing was question theme, right? Jill, by the way, where is she? Very good, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. Where is she? I mean, that guy should never be. Alone. Uh, she's probably starting the sequel of Stella Got Her Groove Back. Right. <laughs> by the Whatever way, is that a good that movie? Because I saw the I saw I the. I thought it was adorable. Yeah. What happened? She had tragedy. And then she got a groove back? Yeah, with a younger dude, man. Like oh. on vacation. Chicken bow So did the guy die? Did her original husband die? I don't remember that part. Oh. I just remember her getting all sassy with a young fella. Little cubby, they call it. What was the turning point in the show? Uh, probably when they boned. Okay, that's not, I don't think that's you asked. appropriate. Well. But you were on accurate. <laughs> so uh, we want me to tell you about Devin Archer. Yes! Oh, the Devin Archer cliffhanger. I almost forgot. So Devin Archer's in that picture with the Bidens, but of course they didn't talk about business in the golf. They're playing golf, right? Of course, they never talk about business. I know nothing about my son's overseas business operations, except for when I golf with him for seven hours. So Devin Archer, when when Donald Trump decides he's going to cheat on Ivanka with Marla Maples, they had to get Marla Maples out of there. So she liked to play tennis. So they sent her to the tennis club, and guess who she played with? Devin Archer. Because Devin Archer could Marla play. Maples did? Yes. So she's playing tennis with – she's within the Trump circle. They're playing at one of the Trump clubs playing tennis, Marla Maples and Devin Archer. Little would they know he would years later meet Hunter Biden in college or something and end up going into business with him. Wow. And, it's, and then goes to prison. Right. Circle of life. And how about the – I'm not sure that Circle Life really works here, but I know what you mean. It means – but uh, – and what about the guy that's – Well, no, because he was born into politics, lived through different administrations and powerful offspring of influential people and then goes to prison. That's a circle. Seems like a Pentagon. You mentioned five different <laughs> points when making this. points on the circle. Right. So – and the other thing would be – you were either dead, disappeared. The Chinese guy that they're dealing with, that they're WhatsApp messaging. Henry Zhao, where is he? Where is he? 
Uh, and I also, haven't seen him. There's the Dung guy. Yeah. Uh, D-O-N-G. Is that the same one? Because there's Z mm-hmm. and there's Dung. Yeah, that's absolutely what I've said every day since high school. Exactly. Uh, but for this case, they're gone. Right? Sayonara, what, friends. What about the tone in that message? That's not the way we talk to him now. Uh, certainly not. Kenny, when can we see you again? Kennedy Saves the World. I'll be on with Lawrence Jones 8 o'clock tonight on the Fox News Channel. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.